Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Great Thanksgiving weekend. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio, Monday, November 27th. Hope you're full of turkey and ham and dressing and green bean casserole and cranberry sauce and all that crap. Yeah, I said it. I'd rather have a burger any day. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. Got home at 2 a.m. on the bus from Morgantown, West Virginia. <sighs> so I missed everything this weekend in Louisville. It was a big weekend. Big weekend, big stories, none bigger than Kentucky over Louisville in football. Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 502 384 If you'd like to join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line is open as well. 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number, and don't forget to visit our friends at Thornton's to get your icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction. Right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller, only 89 cents. You heard me right, 89 cents. Come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I didn't think it was going to happen. I picked Louisville on this program to cover the seven-point spread. I think it went to eight and then back to seven. But Kentucky was the better team in the second half. And is the season saved if you're Kentucky? To a degree, I guess. You're seven and five. You're going to play in probably the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte against, ironically, Duke. Maybe they should call it the Texas A&M Bowl because Mark Stoops didn't get the job, and then Duke's Mike Elko did get the job today. But in any event, you were 5-0. and Now you're 7-5. and And the difference between 7-5 and and 6-6 and is pretty earth-shattering. It's big, especially when you beat your rival for the fifth straight time. Jeff Brom is the answer at Louisville. He is. You can't say he's not because of one game. He is the answer. They are 10-2. and two. They are going to the ACC championship game on Saturday against Florida State, a very winnable game because Louisville has a healthy quarterback. Florida State does not. The Seminoles are 12-0. and 0. They got by the Gators in the swamp this weekend, and now you have a, a get-back chance here if you're Louisville and Jeff Brom. It's a get-back. You know, it's going to be a long week. It's going to be a long week because you're going to hear, as a player, as a coach, as a fan, you're going to hear everything. Yep, L's down. Couldn't be Kentucky five years in a row. Doesn't matter who the coach is. Might as well have been Satterfield. Who, by the way, finished 3-9 and nine this year at Cincinnati. But I'm not rubbing that in. Just saying. But Cardinal fan, you're going to hear it all week. That's all you're going to hear. Yeah, you can be 10-2 and two all you want. You can't be Kentucky. SEC, it just means more. You're going to hear it all. All of those things that Big Blue Nation likes to say to you. Jack Harlow, ha! Yeah, flip off the Blue fans again. I didn't watch the entire game yet. I just finished the Barryon Brown 102-yard kickoff return and had to come do the show. So I'll finish it as soon as I get off the program today. 
but I'm still shocked. I'm still in shock. This was dream season for Louisville. If if I did watch the beginning of the game, and Joe Tessitore said at the beginning of the game, Louisville is one of nine teams still in the hunt for the college football playoff. Well, I guess there are only eight teams now because they are no longer in the hunt. 38-31 was the final. Kentucky trailed by 10 twice in the second half. Devin Leary was okay, 12 of 22, 206 yards, three touchdowns, a really bad interception. I did see the highlights late in that game. Really bad interception. Uh, Ray Davis, 14 for 76, a touchdown, four catches for 51 and two touchdowns. And Jesse Palmer said it at the beginning of the game. They have to keep feeding him. He said he needed 20 touches. He got 18, including receptions. He said you got to keep feeding him because eventually he's going to break one. That's what happened. That's what happened twice on the short passes and then once on the game winner. But Brown's kickoff return, in my opinion, changed the game. It changed the game. Louisville took the second-half kickoff, went right down the field, took a 10-point lead, feeling good about themselves. Their defense had been playing very well up to that point. And all of a sudden, boom, in, in a matter of, I don't know, 5.8 seconds, I don't know how fast he ran it. 7.2 seconds. In the blink of an eye, Kentucky was back in that game at 17-14. Biggest play of the game. No doubt about it. You can talk about the uh, last Ray Davis touchdown. You can talk about the fact that Kentucky had no penalties. Oh, conspiracy theory. Were these SEC referees? Eh, maybe they were. No penalties. That's unheard of. Doesn't happen very often. Jack Plummer for Louisville, 24 of 33, 242, two touchdowns, interception. Um, again, not bad numbers. They put up 31. They put up 31 against a team that scored 14 last week against a bad South Carolina defense. 14 against a terrible South Carolina defense. Now, Clemson only scored 16 against that same terrible South Carolina defense. But up to that point, that Gamecock defense was not good. And the Cats scored 31 in the second half. In your house. I don't know where you go here. I don't know where you go from here. Texer says Kentucky won the turnover battle, and both those fumbles Louisville had led to points. Yeah, that's true. Yardage means nothing when turnovers are a big difference in the game. When there's a big spread, when it's more than two, two or more, the yards don't mean anything. A Louisville outgained Kentucky by over 100 yards. They did on offense. Now, that doesn't take into account a 102 yard kickoff return. That's not offensive yardage officially. It should be. You got the ball and you went 100 yards. I think you might want to add that to the total. 
But special teams, Kentucky's kicking game was on point. Texture says Louisville won every other category, but turnovers are the difference. Yeah. They always are. This is not breaking news. Those last two turnovers, ball game. Ball game. Is the season saved for Kentucky? To a degree. To a degree. What this does is it helps recruiting. It helps the fan base feel better about themselves. And by the way, there was a huge distraction for Kentucky in this game because everybody had Mark Stoops going to Texas A&M immediately after that game. And the rumors were out before that game. He's going to Texas A&M. That's a done deal. And in fact, it appears, I like when you say, in fact, it appears. Well, if it just appears, then maybe it's not a fact. But it appears that he was going to be the hire. Pending, I always like this, pending approval of the Board of Trustees, the athletic board. But there was a groundswell from the fan base, social media, outcry. And all of a sudden, Texas A&M didn't feel good about it. Maybe Mark Stoops didn't feel good about it. But at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning, Mark Stoops has to put something out on X, formerly known as Twitter, saying, I'm not going anywhere. I couldn't leave these kids right now. Keep in mind, he said, right now. He didn't say, I couldn't leave these kids, period. I can't leave this university, period. He said, right now. That was Sunday, 1 a.m. Tuesday at 4 p.m. is different when the right now is uh, thrown in there. But he had to put out a statement. He was forced to put out a statement because I think Texas A&M pulled the offer. Texas A&M's got money to throw around, obviously. They're paying more to ex-coaches than anybody in the history of the game, including Jimbo Fisher. They got money. They got NIL money. They got booster money. They got SEC money. They got Texas money. Everything's bigger in Texas. And they got bigger dollar bills than everybody else. They don't ever win anything, right? Johnny Manziel beat Alabama a couple times, but they don't ever win a title. Bear Bryant's not coming through that door. I don't understand why that job, other than the money, is so attractive. It's, it seems to be a place where you go to ruin your career. Kevin Sumlin had some good years. Jimbo Fisher was supposed to be the answer. He is going to get us over the top. He is a former national championship coach at Florida State. And he's going to take us to the title. Well, he took you all right. He took you to the bank. Anytime anybody hires Bobby Petrino, I get a red flag go up. The siren goes off. But right now, Jimbo Fisher is trying to decide which yacht he wants to buy with his settlement money. Mike Elko, by the way, Duke 
head coach, is going to be introduced today as the new head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies. You are still in the SEC, and I say this about Kentucky all the time too. You haven't, you haven't won anything, right? You haven't won anything in modern college football. We can go back to Bear Bryant with both of these schools. But in modern college football, you've never, you haven't won anything. You're in the SEC. Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Auburn. And I, I'm going to throw Ole Miss in there. I'm going to throw Florida and Tennessee in there. They are not all going to be bad the same year. Florida's terrible this year. Kentucky beat them. They're five and seven. They're not going to a bowl game. They're not good. But guess who's good? Georgia's good. Alabama's good. LSU's got three losses. They're good. Ole Miss is good. Tennessee, they're pretty good. You're still Texas A&M and you're still Kentucky. And every now and then, Kentucky's going to win 10 games, like Mark Stoops has done twice now. Every now and then, Texas A&M, John, uh, Johnny Manziel is going to come around. Texas A&M should be able to recruit. They've got as much, if not more, NIL money than anybody. Than anybody. And in this day and age, that's that's what matters. Kids want to play for a coach. Those days are over. Kids want to play for a paycheck. They just do. That's where the game is now. Where can I go and get paid? And learn how to play football and go to the next level. But also get paid. Texas A&M is not a national title threat. They never have been. They had fun with Johnny Manziel. He was fun to watch. He, he was a great college football quarterback for a short period of time. Texas A&M will pay you, but you're not going to win. And guess what? They want to win. They want to win so badly that they paid Jimbo Fisher $80 million to leave and not coach our team anymore. And now we're going to pony up another $50 million or whatever it is to bring in somebody else to give it a chance. Give it a go. I got off on a rant there, didn't I? Yeah. Tom Allen got fired, by the way, after Indiana lost to Purdue 35-31. Said this weeks ago, it was coming. There was really no salvaging this. Once he lost to Michigan State and there was no a guarantee of an uh, under 500 season, it was a done deal. I like Tom Allen. I think he's a nice guy. I've interviewed him before. Straight shooter. Um, do anything for his kids. Loved the program he was coaching. Very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Outgoing and emotional as a coach. Didn't work out. Had a couple of nice seasons there. Went to good bowl games. But a couple of bad seasons will get you the pink slip. And that's what happened here. I heard this, by the way. Hey, what about John Gruden to Indiana? That would be a great great get. If you can get John Gruden 
go get John Gruden. Right? I know there's baggage, but you're Indiana football. You're Indiana football. You're you're the Kentucky football of the Big Ten. Because just like Kentucky's never going to be better than Alabama and Georgia and LSU, they might be better one year than one of those teams, but they're not going to be better than all three of those teams in any given year. Indiana is never going to be better than Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. And, by the way, Oregon and Washington and Southern Cal and UCLA. And when I was talking about the SEC, I forgot to mention, oh, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma. This is, and I'm going to make U of L fan mad here. This is basketball country. It just is. It is in Bloomington. It is in Lexington. Believe it or not, it is in Louisville. And you're going to have a, you know, great success, I think, with Jeff Brom as your head coach. Does it mean you're going to win a national title? No, it doesn't. You can dream. The dream was there with Lamar. The dream was there with when Brian Brown was a quarterback and you went to the Orange Bowl. And the dream is there now. It's a great dream. It's a fun dream. I said this last week. You didn't play Florida State. You didn't play Clemson. You didn't play North Carolina, who turned out to be not very good as as things finished up. But you didn't play any of those three teams. And those were the three top-rated teams in the preseason in the ACC. You did beat Notre Dame at home. Crushed them. Destroyed them. I was there. It was impressive. You beat Duke when Duke was good, but Duke's quarterback was banged up. But Duke was good. Other than that, who did you beat? Indiana? Georgia Tech, both Virginia schools, Boston College. Not an impressive resume other than the win over Notre Dame. You lost a bad pit team. You can blame the weather. You can blame a lot of things. Everybody throws one stinker in there, at least one. That was UofL's stinker. But other than Notre Dame, who'd you beat? And now you lost to your rival as a big favorite at home. I think they're going to beat Florida State. It's early. I understand that. Florida State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the opening line here. I think Louisville beats Florida State in Charlotte uh, on Saturday night. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about Indiana football. College basketball, maybe we'll get to the NFL. lot to talk about on this Monday. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Here's the number you need. Call 844. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. I think Tony Burke will join me tomorrow in studio. We'll see. It's a, it's a day beginning with a T. Those are usually the days that Tony Burke is uh, in studio. By the way, Tony and Big Al the Fish 2-2 two and two on their NFL locks this week. They've got uh, the Bears tonight plus the points. Scooter went 9-5-1 and one in his NFL picks. 
He, and he started eight and two. Oh, he was feeling good about. He texted me. He was feeling good about himself. Um, nine five and one, and he's got Minnesota tonight. Um, the unsponsored six pack went three and three once again. College kills me. One and two in college. I had LSU, and they barely covered against A and M. Alabama should have lost. Did you see the end of that game? I got to the hotel in Morgantown just in time to see the final Alabama drive. Fourth and goal at the 31, and I love Nick Saban after the game. You know, we practice that play every day. (laughs) Come on. Come on. You practice fourth and 31 every day, every single day? But it worked. Touchdown Alabama. Their championship hopes, I guess, are still alive. Unbelievable finish to that game. And also, my other loser was Georgia. Georgia just went through the motions against Georgia Tech, and that's hard to believe. That's a rivalry game. Georgia Tech played hard, played with emotion, just weren't good enough. I mean, plain and simple, they just weren't good enough. I had the Giants yesterday against New England. They won outright getting points. Um, My loser yesterday was Cleveland getting points from Denver. The Denver Broncos are hot all of a sudden. And my other winner last night was uh, Kansas City. Given the Raiders nine, they win it by 14. So three and three, still eight over 500 for the season. Um, and again, Scooter and uh, Tony going against each other tonight. Scooter has the Vikings and Tony, a Vikings fan. Tony and Big Al the Fish have the Bears tonight plus the points. We'll talk to Scooter and Tony more about that tomorrow um, it, it was a great college football weekend. This Jesse Palmer said at the beginning of the broadcast yesterday or Saturday, this is the best weekend of college football because it's rivalry week. And teams, it, you throw out the records. He's right. He's absolutely right. Now, most of the favorites won. Washington won at home against Washington State. Florida State won at Florida. Um, Georgia won uh, at Georgia Tech. Michigan, Ohio State, I didn't see it. Must have been a fun game, 30-24 to 24 in favor of uh, the Wolverines. They've won three in a row now in the series. And this is what kills me. Ryan Day on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat because at Ohio State, it is not about winning 11 games. It is not about winning the Big Ten. It is about beating Michigan and winning championships. That's what it's about, winning not conference championships, national championships. It's a different bar when you're talking about Alabama, when you're talking about Georgia, when you're talking about Ohio State, when you're talking about Michigan. It's a just a higher bar, period. End of sentence. Everybody else in the country, and I'm, I'm including Texas in this, USC, LSU, teams that have won national titles, the bar is still not that high, not as high as it is for Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Uh, I remember Ohio State had a coach, and his name escapes me, who had a great record, great record, but could not beat Michigan. Couldn't beat Michigan. He got fired. 
after an 11-1 season or a 10-1 season, back then you only played 11 games, he got fired. 10-1. Eh, he can't beat Michigan. All right. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm sure that was a great game. Um, Washington, by the way, is 12-0. Michigan, Georgia, Washington, Florida State are 12-0. If they all win, then the playoff committee doesn't have to sweat. They don't have to sweat. Because I feel like here's what the committee wants. They want Georgia. They want Michigan. They want Alabama. But they're going to have a very difficult time finding a way to get Alabama in. And they probably want Ohio State again. That's what they want. They don't want Florida State without Jordan Travis. They don't want Washington. Even though Michael Penix is a Heisman candidate and they're fun to watch, the needle doesn't turn, the viewership doesn't jump up when one of these West Coast teams not named USC makes it to the to the uh, playoff. They probably don't want Oregon. Although I will say this, they would rather have Oregon than Washington. Doesn't seem fair. Washington beat Oregon fair and square. And if they beat them again in the uh, Pac-12 championship game, then Washington is in and deserves to be in at 13-0. Most people don't watch a whole lot of Pac-12 football. But the Pac-12 has been really good this year. Washington and Oregon, they lead the Pac, but Oregon State's been really good. Utah was really good for a long time. Colorado was a fun story, although that fell off quickly. Really quickly. USC can't play defense, but fun to watch offensively. They've got last year's Heisman winner. California is terrible. They killed UCLA this weekend. Killed them. UCLA and Chip Kelly, interesting story. Does he keep his job? It looked like he was safe after he beat Southern Cal, but then Cal Berkeley destroyed the Bruins. The committee's going to have it easy if Washington beats Oregon, which I don't think they will. Oregon, by the way, is a a nine-and-a-half point favorite. That game is Friday night on ABC, 8 o'clock. Not nine and a half. If you remember the first meeting, Dan Lanning of Oregon went for it on fourth and short four times and didn't get it and got a lot of grief about it because they could have made some field goals, maybe punted one. They probably win the game if he doesn't go for it. But that's his persona. He's going to go for it. And I would guess in this game Friday night, if he's in the same situation, he'll go for it again. But if, if Washington beats Oregon, they're in. Florida State, if they beat Louisville, they're in. This is a playoff game for Florida State. Make no mistake about it. There is no chance. I'm going to throw I'm just going to say that. There is no chance Florida State gets in to the playoff if they don't beat Louisville, regardless of what else happens in all these other games. The committee would love the following things to happen. Oregon beats Washington. Then they both have one loss. Texas gets beat by Oklahoma State 
in the Big 12 championship game. That would be two losses for Texas. Louisville beats Florida State, knocks them out of the picture. And they don't care what happens with Michigan and Iowa. Michigan's in. Michigan's a 22-point favorite. Iowa is in the Big Ten championship game. Wow. Wouldn't it be a great weekend for a back-to-back rematch, Michigan-Ohio State? It would be. It'd be fun. Not going to happen. Instead, we get the Iowa Hawkeyes. Come on down. Michigan's a 22-point favorite, and the over-under is in the mid-30s. How about that? But here's what the committee wants to happen. Washington loses to Oregon. Florida State loses to Louisville. And Texas loses to Oklahoma State. Then they can get Alabama in if Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia's still going to be in. You're going to have Georgia and Alabama You're going to have Michigan regardless. And then you've got that fourth spot. Florida State, I think, would be out. Maybe Oregon gets in, or maybe Ohio State gets back in. Don't think it can't happen. Don't think it cannot happen. Oregon State's one loss, or excuse me, Ohio State's one loss is going to be by six points in a game that came down to the wire, interception by Michigan late. Six-point loss to an undefeated Michigan team. Oregon Oregon might be the best team in the country right now. They might be. And I do believe if Oregon beats Washington and a couple of these other teams lose, I think Oregon's in. I think Oregon's in. I think the only sure thing is Georgia right now. The only sure thing. Because if Iowa does happen to beat Michigan, question mark, I think Michigan's pretty solidly in. But what if they lose by 14 points to the Iowa Hawkeyes? What if? I think Georgia's in. I think Michigan's Georgia's in. I think Michigan's in, regardless of what happens. The other two spots are interesting. Washington, Florida State, win and you're in, period. But Washington's a nine-and-a-half-point dog here. Vegas knows what they're doing. And as I said earlier, I think Louisville will go to Charlotte and beat Florida State. I'm going to money line that game. And then Oklahoma State, they screwed everything up for the Big 12. Because with their 40-34 to 34 double overtime win over BYU, they're 9-3, and three, and now they get to play Texas in the Big 12 championship game, not Texas-Oklahoma rematch. Now, I think the Big 12 likes that because Oklahoma and Texas are leaving next year. They didn't want them matching up in the title game. So I think the Big 12 powers that be are pretty happy about it. But... Oklahoma-Texas feels like a much better game than Oklahoma State and Texas. And Texas has an argument here. What if they win and Alabama beats Georgia? Let's just devil's advocate this thing for a minute. It happened way back in September, but Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10 points. How in the world 
could the committee look Texas in the eye if Texas wins and Alabama wins this weekend? How can they look at Texas and say, you know what, it was close. We're going to take Alabama instead of you. We're going to take Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian, who was an assistant at one time for Nick Saban, would blow a gasket, as he should. But I'm telling you, there's nothing the committee would want more here than Georgia versus Ohio State in a playoff semifinal and Michigan versus Alabama. Nothing they want more. Forget the Pac-12, which is going to be the Pac-2 next year. Forget the Big 12. Forget the ACC. I mean, come on. That's what they want. I'm personally, I hope Washington wins and gets in. I like watching Michael Penix, the former Hoosier, and they deserve it. If they beat Oregon twice, they deserve it. I'd like to see Oregon get in if they beat Washington. I want Oregon in before Ohio State. And they probably do get in before Ohio State. But I think the committee would love to figure out a way to get the Buckeyes in there. Because they know it's a national fan base. They know they travel. They're going to show up. Oregon, I don't know. I don't know. Oregon might be the best team playing right now. Texter says, if uh, L would have scored on the last play, do you think Brom would have gone for two? No, I do not. Now, he's a, he's a riverboat gambler to a degree, but you're the better team, allegedly. You're, you know, you're a seven-point favorite. You're playing at home. You got the crown. Kentucky got fewer tickets for this game than they ever have at, uh, the, at that stadium. They had there. I know. I know. Blue gets in, and Blue did get in a little bit, but not like Blue usually gets in. This was a sellout, and there was a lot of red in the stands. So I think you take the if if you hit the hail mary there, you take the extra point, and you live for overtime. Again, you think you're the better team, you get it to overtime, and you prove you're the better team. You don't take a chance on a two point conversion. Texter says, will Stoops be the UK's version of Bobby Petrino? I think I know what he means. Remember, Bobby flirted with Auburn. What was it, a plane landing in uh, Clarksville, Indiana? (laughs) And everybody was like, oh, no, but we're winning, so it's okay. He's never going to be Bobby Petrino of UK if they keep winning six, seven, eight games a season. It's not going to happen. Bobby Petrino got a lot of grief for that. And then he bolted for the Falcons, and guess what? They brought him back. They brought him back. He flirted with another program, big time. He left you at the altar, basically, and went to the Falcons, whom he also left in the middle of the season with a note on the players' uh, lockers in the middle of an NFL season. And they still brought him back. He, I'm doing air quotes here. I know this is not on TV. He had a motorcycle accident in Arkansas. They still brought him back. And if he had won, if you win, all is forgiven. But he didn't win. 
I still feel like to this day he sabotaged that program on purpose. And all of a sudden, uh, we knew it. We knew it all along. Should have known it when he flirted with Auburn all those years ago. If Kentucky goes three and nine next year, this will be brought up. Well, he wanted to go to Texas A&M. You know, we should have seen this coming. We should have seen it coming. He doesn't care about this program. He's looking for the he's looking for the next move. He was doing it last year when Texas A&M called right before the right before the rivalry game with Louisville. He doesn't care about these guys. Now, if he goes nine and three, you're not going to hear any of that. Eight and four, you won't hear any of that. Winning is all the fans want to look at. They, they want to look at the record, and then they'll decide what they think about you. It's that simple. It is that simple. Let's take a break. We'll come back, get to some college hoops on the other side. And it's Black Monday. Coaches being fired. Even in the NFL, we lost a coach today. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. Eminem Cartage hotline's open. 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Just got the text I was waiting for. Tony Burke will be in studio tomorrow. We will talk to him about uh, Kentucky football, Louisville football, college hoops, and, of course, we will get uh, his take on his uh, NFL locks this past weekend. Two and two so far, so he needs the Bears tonight. John Cooper, Tony reminds me, was the head coach at Ohio State who beat everybody, anybody and everybody, not named Michigan, and it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Ten and one, didn't matter. What'd you do against Michigan? Oh, we lost on the last second field goal, uh, thirty-five to thirty-three. But you know we're ten and one. We're uh, number two in the country. Eh, doesn't matter. Texter says I think Florida State will beat Louisville by three, even with QB Jordan Travis hurt. Florida State. I watched a lot of that game uh, in my hotel room Saturday night. They got a, they got a terrific defense, but I go back to Florida stinks. Florida, by the way, had a backup quarterback as well. And it was a game for a long time. It was a game for a long time, and Florida is not very good. Um, I just – I think Louisville bounces back. I do. Here's the lineup for the weekend, by the way. Friday night, Pac-12 championship, Oregon and Washington. That game is in Vegas at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Oregon's 11-1. and Their only loss is to undefeated Washington. And Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite Friday night on ABC. That's a big number. That's a big number for a team that's undefeated. And I think if you're the coaching staff, you, uh, you definitely put that up on the chalkboard. If you're Kalen DeBoer, that's going up on the chalkboard. Saturday at noon, Oklahoma State and Texas in the Big 12 championship game at Jerry World in Dallas. Cowboys are 9-3, and three, Longhorns 11-1. Texas is an 11.5-point favorite over the Pokes and Mike Gundy. I'm a man. 4 o'clock, Georgia, Alabama on CBS. Georgia's a 4.5-point favorite. That game, of course, in Atlanta, 
a pseudo home game, but Alabama's fans will be there. Georgia only four and a half here. Alabama was lucky to survive. Now they were going to be in this game regardless, but uh, that how does Auburn lose to New Mexico State by three touchdowns a week before? How does that happen? And then you play in the Iron Bowl, and everybody thinks, well, you saw what happened last week. Alabama kill them. Alabama didn't play well. 8 o'clock Saturday night, got two games at the same time, Louisville-Florida State and Charlotte on ABC. Florida State, as I mentioned, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And Michigan-Iowa in Indianapolis at the uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium on Fox, Michigan, 22-point favorite over 10-2 Iowa. So there's your lineup for the uh, the big power conference championship games coming up this weekend. Frank Reich has been fired by the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are 1-10 with Bryce Young as their quarterback. Now, they're in prime position for the number one draft pick. However, they don't have it. They traded with Chicago to get that number one pick this past season and get Bryce Young. How's that working out for you? Frank Reich has now been fired twice in a year and three weeks. The Colts fired him on November 7th last year, and the Panthers fire him on November 27th this year. Yikes. Um, David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, he doesn't keep coaches around very long. Matt Rule, he fired after five games in the middle of the season. He fired Ron Rivera in the middle of the season. He doesn't wait till the end of the year. College football, Houston fired Dana Hogerson. I remember when he left West Virginia for Houston. I think Houston's his alma mater, so I get that. But, uh, I mean, he went from the Big 12 to, at the time, the AAC. Houston is now in the in the Big 12. But uh, didn't work out for Dana. He's gone. Texas A&M will hire Mike Elko. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, from Duke and Mississippi State, another one of those teams in the SEC that's just there. They're in the SEC. They hired Jeff Lebby, who is the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Oklahoma not going to be playing in that uh, Big 12 championship game, so he can go ahead and skip the bowl game as the OC and go. Uh, that's an Oklahoma offense that put up some numbers now with Dylan Gabriel, at quarterback. I think they scored 69 in their last game. So those are some of the new hires. Uh, it's Look, you're going to get more coaches fired over the next couple of days. You're just going to see it. Uh, Tom Allen, of course, Indiana. This this is the time of year that that happens. Merry Christmas, I guess. Uh, college basketball. By the way, I'm picking the Vikings tonight, Tony, just to let you know. I'm going to give the three over the Bears. The Bears are 3-8. and eight. The game's in Minnesota. Josh Dobbs has done a – an admirable job. I know Justin Jefferson's not going to play again tonight, but they're at home um, on a Monday night football and a game that the Vikings really need to win. The Bears, they're they're playing out the string here. They're playing out the string. So I'm going to take the Vikings and give the three. Before I get to college basketball, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network had his uh, bowl projections after this weekend. Louisville still in the Orange Bowl against Ohio State. That's what it was last week. Uh, December 30th in Miami, uh, Louisville would be, according to Brett McMurphy, a 14-point underdog to the Buckeyes. 
Kentucky in the Duke's Mayo Bowl against Duke. Kentucky, five-and-a-half-point favorite over Duke, who just lost their coach to Texas A&M. And the uh, college football playoff games, Michigan and Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Oregon a one-point favorite there. Georgia and Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. Georgia an 11-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Those games are both September 1st, or January 1st. All right, Friday night, Kentucky 118, Marshall 82. This is not your normal John Calipari Kentucky team. They're jacking up threes. They're running and gunning. They've actually got inbound plays under the basket, which they haven't had for however many years he's been there, 13. They're fun to watch. They need a big man. And I know they're going to get Aaron Bradshaw back, not for tomorrow's game against Miami. They'll get Aaron Bradshaw. They'll get bigger. Um... He's not really an inside player, although he will he will guard the basket. But if they keep – I love the way they're playing. I love the way they're playing. D.J. Wagner had his best game as a Wildcat. Reeves is going to do Reeves things. Reed Shepard brings a lot of energy and, and steals, by the way. Rob Dillingham, you don't know what you're going to get. It's going to be a great five minutes and then a bad three minutes. But they are fun to watch, man. They are fun to watch, and they're going to put up some points. And this game tomorrow night against 10th-ranked Miami, 7.30 on ESPN in Rupp Arena, there's some guard play going on here because Miami's got a couple of the best guards in the country. This is going to be a showdown. It's going to be fun. Louisville beats New Mexico State 90-84 to in overtime yesterday. <laughs> well, the Aggies finished the game with four players. They had six guys foul out. The last, it was just the last 21 seconds of overtime. But uh, Louisville shot 49 free throws in this game. 49. 36 of 49 at the line. They were down eight with just over a minute to play. Got it to overtime and won. Louisville will play Bellarmine on Wednesday, 8 o'clock at the Yum Center. I'll be there, of course, calling the game uh, on the Bellarmine Radio Network. The Knights uh, went to West Virginia, as I mentioned. Lost 62-58 to yesterday. Boy, they played great. They played great. A couple early technical fouls on the uh, Bellarmine bench, one on an assistant coach, one on the head coach. I was right there, and I don't. I never like to bash officials. Well, they were bad calls. They were bad technicals. It it looked like a grudge, a little grudge issue there. But Bellarmine played. They they did everything they wanted to do except make shots. They shot under thirty five percent. Indiana with a win over Harvard yesterday. They'll play Maryland in the Big Ten opener in Bloomington on Friday. Tony Burke joins me.